0: back to the episode.
1: Oh yeah. I'm so pumped about this. Check this out. When most online course creators try to figure out what makes other course creators successful, they usually start by asking, what are they doing? If this sounds familiar to what you find yourself doing, I know that I did this for a long time and, and Hey, I'm not gonna lie. I still do this from time to time myself right now. What you don't realize is that you're asking the wrong question. The better question to ask is, what am I doing that they're not doing? And it's often hard to answer that question for yourself because you're too close to your own business. You're not sure what area of your business that you should be optimizing in order to grow because you're too close to your own business. That's why we call these blind spots. We all have blind spots in our business. And look, I totally get it. Feeling like you're spinning your wheels And staying stuck is one of the most frustrating places to be in your online business, especially when you see other course creators who are getting the success that you're working so hard to achieve. Well, my friends, you do not have to do this alone. There is a brand new community of like-minded online course creators waiting for you inside the Optimized CEO Facebook group who are getting unstuck in their business. This is my brand new, totally free optimized CEO Facebook group community. I am so excited about it. And I want to invite you to join us right now. Go to rickmulready.com forward slash group, rickmulready.com forward slash group. And you can join us inside the all new optimized CEO Facebook group. We'll see you in the group. Welcome to the Art of Online Business Podcast. My name is Rick Mulready, and I'm an online business coach, Facebook and Instagram ads expert, lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm a total coffee snob as well. Each week, you're gonna learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips that take the guesswork out of growing and scaling a profitable online business so that you can truly become an entrepreneur with impact. This podcast is your secret weapon for fast-tracking the growth of your online business. Let's do this. What's up, my friend? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Super appreciate you. Hope you and your family are doing well right now. I've got a an actual rocket scientist. <laughs> He's literally a rocket scientist on the podcast here today. His name is Travis Albritton, and he as an aerospace engineer, he felt like he was wasting his life and he wanted to create something bigger, something with a bigger purpose and have a bigger impact and help a lot of people in his life. So he started an online business, much, you know, very similar to how and why we start an online business. We want to have a bigger impact. We want to create more freedom and and all that stuff. And he wanted to do all those things, but he truly wanted to have something in his life where he had to uh, just serve a bigger purpose and and just help a lot of people. And so he founded a program called the Digital Missionary Academy. He's also the host of the Practical Christian Podcast. And I asked Travis to join me on the podcast here today so he could share his journey in building his business, building his online business, because I think that so many of you are going to be able to relate to it. He wanted to leave his day job and create an online business, but in that first year, he had trouble selling his online course. He created an online course. He spent almost five thousand dollars in creating a course. He had it custom. He had like custom coding on his website. I mean, he's an aerospace engineer, right? So he he went after it. He he did stuff his himself, and he realized now, as you're going to hear in this interview, that he made a whole lot of mistakes in the process. Well, he spent almost $5,000 on that first course and he sold one course and it was to a friend of his and it was for $97, which he had dropped the price, I don't know, like 60% or something like that. And so any of this sounding familiar to maybe something that you've been doing in your business or maybe early on in your business, he ran Facebook and Instagram ads for three years and he had zero, zero with a capital Z profitable campaigns. He then, check this out, he then hired somebody. He hired an agency to essentially build his business from the ground up, to create the webinar, to create the funnels, to create the emails, and basically do everything in his business. And it was a massive failure. And he suddenly found himself six figures in debt because of it. And he didn't give up though. He decided to improve his mindset and he also decided to teach himself the right way to do Facebook and Instagram ads. And in the beginning of 2020, we are recorded. I'm recording this right now in September. He made like three or four hundred dollars in, I think it was like January of twenty twenty. To now fast forward nine months later, he's now making between five and six thousand dollars a month in reoccurring revenue from a membership program that he created. He then created an additional $5,500 in just 48 hours from a new coaching offer that he made to people in his membership program. And then he's introducing another level of a coaching program. And so just a great story, and I'm so glad that Travis, I was able to connect with Travis and have him on the show here today. And so today you're gonna get to hang out with Travis and me and learn exactly what he did to accomplish all this. And also, I think most importantly, what kept him from giving up on his dreams of creating this online business with a bigger purpose when things were not going well for him and he was in really dire straits from the online business. So without further ado, let's go hang out with Travis Albritt. Travis, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, Rick. Happy to be here. I'm excited to have you because you recorded this amazing video. You you took my foundations program and this is not a raw, raw foundations interview or anything like that. You just, you just recorded this really raw video of your story basically. And I was so like, just number one, thank you for doing that video and telling your story. But like I was telling you before we hit record here, what you've gone through in your story is so like so many people go through it. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show here to, to to share it and give people a lot of a lot of hope for when you're going through struggles early in your business, like it's about keeping it's about continuing to move forward, you know? And it's around like we talked about before, mindset. And yes, the strategies and tactics are super important, but you gotta have the right mindset in order to keep moving forward. And you have a really, really interesting story. So before we dive into that, let's have you introduce yourself and let people know what you do and and, um, a little bit about your past. We're going to dive into all that. Sure. So my focus
2: with my online business is on helping Christians reach their full spiritual potential. So I have a ministry background and I also have an engineering background. And so I use both of those to kind of create systems that help people specifically in that Christian community kind of unlock some things. And I've attempted several different ways of doing that, some more successful than others. Uh, But just to kind of go back to the beginning, I have a a background in aerospace engineering. So I'm actually a rocket scientist by education. (laughs) So when I got out of college, you know, I did the responsible thing, which was I invested four years of my life into getting this degree. So I'm going to go and be a rocket scientist. I'm going to go be an engineer. And something happened about four or five years down the, the path of what that aerospace engineering career would look like. I had landed a job at one of the largest engineering companies in the country and in the world. Uh, I was advancing faster than my peers, and I was excelling by every metric, except that every day when I woke up, I felt this existential dread that I was wasting my life. And it, it was it's this really weird phenomenon, right? Where you look at your life from the outside and you think, I should have everything I could ever want to be happy. And yet, I'm not. So what's the disconnect there? And eventually, I kind of figured out what it was, was now that I had kind of gotten into this established career trajectory, I could see what the future looked like. Because when you're first getting started, it's like you're just trying to find any job that'll hire you, right? Um, sure. And pay you above minimum wage. And so I eventually got into a position where I could see what 30 years looked like in this career. Like I could see, I interacted with the people. They were my managers, they were my bosses, they were my coworkers. And I just thought, man, I do not want to be there in 30 years. This is not what I want to be doing for the next 30 years of my life, you know, because you only have one, so you might as well <laughs> make the most of it, right? Yeah. And so I was in this like really interesting place where I was like, okay. I don't want to just be reckless and just like quit my job and move to another country, but I also want to be very intentional and purposeful about where I go from here. And it was right around that time that two really important things happened. One, I discovered TED Talks, and one in particular, uh, Simon Sinek's first TED Talk, where he talked about a Start With Why framework, and that really impacted me. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It'll inspire your socks off. And then the other thing that I stumbled onto was Tim Ferriss's four-hour workweek, week. And so those two things together kind of created this perfect storm of opening my eyes to a totally new way of creating an income to support myself. And then also the permission to go for it. Right. So, four hour work week gave me this kind of opened my eyes to there are other things you can do other than work a nine to five job to make money and potentially like work less than a nine to five job, which would be great. And then totally. start with why kind of gave me the perspective that was more kind of grounded and rooted in what do I feel like I'm on this earth to do? And then if I'm not doing that right now, how do I get there and how do I chart a path to that place? So that's kind of how this whole thing started was, was just deeply unsatisfied with my engineering career and wanting something that was more fulfilling where I woke up every day and felt like,
1: yes, I am doing what I feel like I was put on this earth to do. So when you said, thank you for sharing that. What? So how did you put it? You help Christians kind of take things to the next level. Am I understanding that correctly? And if so, how specifically? Like, what are they looking to do? Like, what are Christians looking to, looking to do in that respect? So
2: while I was doing my engineering career and while I was uh, getting my degree, I was also working full-time and part-time in ministry. So in college ministry and then on a church planting team and in a couple of different areas, and actually did a one year gap between when I graduated and when I did uh, started my engineering career. I did ministry for a year, fully self supported, and so I've always had a heart for that vocation. But it's a pretty it's it's an interesting career path in that it's it's not uh you have to fit a certain mold to really do well on that trajectory and on that path. And the more that I was doing it, the more I realized this the kind of the framework of what full time ministry looks like doesn't really fit my skill set. But I was deeply invested in training leaders. I had started and launched several ministries, planted ministries, planted churches. And so I wanted to be able to help people that were in a similar situation that I was, where they're not necessarily working for a church, but they have that heart and that desire to like go the next level beyond just coming to church on Sunday, but not having access to the resources that I had had access to being in full-time ministry. And so I essentially wanted to create like a poor man's version of Bible college of uh, you you don't have to go all the way, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you practical things you can do to lead your small groups or to launch ministries or to uh, disciple people or whatever it is. And then gradually kind of refine that down to the core things that I do now, which is working with small group leaders and then teaching Christians how to launch online ministries, which 2020 has been a good year for that. And so, so those are my two, my two focuses and both of those, the student, the person I want to work with overlaps into both of those. Um, And so I found that that ended up being a really good kind of one, two punch.
1: Real quick. It just reminds me of a, a really funny story. One of my very early coaching students from a few years, several years ago, actually, he was at a live event that I did and he used to sell a Christian planner, a physical planner. And I'll never forget, he's asking a question about his ads and his biggest concern was audience size. He was so concerned around, about like burning through, if you will, the audience size. Like, like, and I was like, wait, you're, wait, let me, let me understand this correctly. Christians are your, like your target audience. He's like, yeah. I'm like, you have no worries about, you know, <laughs> about saturating the audience on Facebook and Instagram, you know, if you're trying to reach Christians. So I've always, always I tell that story. I love that just cracks me up. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, I'm totally right. So you decide to to create this online business that you just, that you just described. What are the early parts of the business there, and 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 how specifically are you doing? Are like is it a is it a co- is it coaching? Is it a membership? Is it a course to help people do what you just explained? So right now it is.
2: I have a membership, which is my entry level training, and then I do coaching, group coaching, and one on one coaching beyond that. But I it took me a long time to even settle on those two models. Because at first I was enamored with the idea of creating this high ticket course and selling it automated evergreen on webinars and just raking in the cash, right? Because that's, (laughs) that's the dream. (laughs) We all do. Right. And so, so when I first started, that's what I did. I was like, I'm going to make this awesome course and uh, all the things not to do when you're trying to sell your first course. I talked to two or three people and said, here's an idea I have for a course. They said, oh, that is super cool. You should totally make that. Not here's you know, $200 so I can pre-order it. Not, right. you know, wow, that's incredible. I've never heard anything like that. Just like, that's a good idea. You should make that. So I was like, cool, I'll make that. And not knowing anything about what I was getting into, you know, invest, I, I built a custom website for it, not knowing about platforms like Kajabi or ClickFunnels or Leadpages.
1: So I you're, have a- You're aerospace engineer. Of course you did. Yeah.
2: And so <laughs> so created this custom WordPress website that was beautiful. I hired a production team to film the videos and, like, edit the videos. And so, all in, I invested, like, $4,500 for that course. And then I was like, okay, well, now I need to start getting students. So, I didn't have an email list, so I started spamming all of my friends whose email addresses I had and just saying, hey, I made this thing, you should buy it right now. Because I thought, of course, I mean, it's a great idea. Who would not want to buy this thing I have (laughs) made? And so... So I promoted it for a week, and I made one sale after I dropped it 60%. So I spent $4,500, and I made $97. Okay. So, so not a great ROI. Um, <laughs> I tried that model several times, and then eventually, last year, said, you know what? I've heard a lot of people switching to this you know, recurring monthly revenue membership model. Let me give that a shot. So I pre-sold what is Digital Missionary Academy. That's my membership to my email list that I had built over three, four years. And I was able to get like 15, 16 people to put down a credit card for something that didn't exist yet. And so I was like, okay, well, this is, like, this has legs. Like, there's actually money coming in and I haven't even filmed a single video yet. And I'm a firm believer in pre-selling everything now. I've been burned too many times. Maybe I can share some of those stories. But I pre-sold it, and this is November of last year. So almost a year ago. And then in February that was when i went through your ads targeting workshop and then decided okay like cuz i had done facebook ads training in the past and i was doing like triple level like 30 interests layered on top of each other trying to get like the sweet spot of how do i squeeze the juice out of That's facebook what everyone does yeah, yeah to to get to get the absolute best performing ad sets and it was
1: like even as an aerospace engineer, it was overwhelming to try and figure out. And so <laughs> <laughs> you're doing the same thing, by the way, from a coffee snob here. So I make, I have my own espresso machine here at home and so I grab my beans. So when I grind them and too too finely, and I tamp it down too tightly and I put it in the espresso machine, nothing comes out because I'm basically choking off the machine. Well, it's the same exact thing. When we try to add too much in, we're trying to pack too much into the targeting, we're choking off the algorithm, basically. We're not letting it do what it's supposed to do. So everyone does well, that when they're starting. And that and, and that was mistake number one, was thinking I was smarter than Facebook.
2: Um, You know, that I knew better as a rookie Facebook ads person that had never run a profitable campaign. It's like, no, 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 Facebook. These are the 30 people. And if you lay them perfectly on each other, that is my ideal student. You just don't, like, let me tell you. Yeah. The sh- Right. I, I got humbled out really quickly. So anyway, so <laughs> beginning of this year, I went through foundations and was like, number one, this is a lot easier than I thought it was. And then two, I was also like terrified to actually do another Facebook ads campaign because I had done several and I had never made money, like ever. Like I think the best ROI I think I got was like put $5 in, get $1 out. Like that was my best performing Facebook ads campaign before I went through foundations.
1: So I wanna talk about that for a second because, so you create this course, you put all the res- all these resources into it, don't even have an email list yet, and then you email your friends and say, hey, buy this. At what point did you think, what did you think was wrong, quote unquote, at that point? Were you like, oh, I've created the wrong program? What was going through your mind at that point? I mean, honestly, my first thought was, man, all my friends are
2: idiots. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Don't they okay, realize how awesome this thing is that I've created? Uh, so so if I have a, a character flaw is that I tend to be too very overconfident, uh, especially early on in the process, which is probably a good trait to have if you're trying to start a business because it's not good to start a business and think I'm probably going to be in that 9 out of 10 that fail. It was probably good that I didn't know what I was getting into or might not have signed up for it. Uh, but that was my first thought. And then my second thought was okay, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. I thought it was just, I was creating this money-making machine. Like I made a course and I put a catchy name on it and had a website. So I should be quitting my job now, right? We think if, if, if I build it, they will come. Right. So I was pretty disheartened, but, but I think the thing that was really key for me was I, I got one person to buy it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that did a couple things for me. Number one, it helped me to see that, okay, this does work, even if I'm really bad at it right now. Right, so this this is actually something that can work if I just kind of put the pieces together. Um, well, how many friends did you send it to? Also, I think it was like seventy, like seventy people that like knew me, that I had worked with, that I had like served in ministry alongside. Like, I thought I was going to get like thirty percent of them to buy this two hundred fifty dollars course. Um, having never sold anything online in my life, so it's totally naive to what you can actually expect. Especially when they don't give you permission to send them things like that. <laughs> and so, so I was lucky to get to like stumble into a sale, but it sure. definitely kind of validated that, okay, this is something I can do in yeah. the future. I just have to continue to learn from people that are already succeeding in this and then model what they're doing. At what point did you, were
1: you like, uh, I need to build an actual email list?
2: It was relatively early on, it was about a year in because I started hearing all this, I started getting exposed to different online marketers and and everybody was talking about lead magnets and I was like, what's a lead magnet? Never heard of that before. Oh, it's something you give in exchange for someone's email. I should probably make that. So I started building an email list probably about a year in and was also trying all these different content marketing strategies, like tried a YouTube channel, try a Facebook group, um, eventually landed on podcasting and was using that to like grow an audience, to then get onto my email list. And then every once in a while, I'd try and sell something and fail miserably. But every time I learned something that I took with me to the next one and to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing, it was like in aggregate as it built up over time. It was just like that one last step of, I just need to get consistent traffic that is profitable to this thing that I'm creating. And now it's like just off to the races.
1: When you say it like that, doesn't it when if does it sound a whole lot simpler when you say it out loud like that like i just have to get consistent traffic to this offer and be able to have the right kind of messaging that gets people to take action
2: yeah well and and i've created so many million dollar business ideas on paper and in my brain right (laughs) like you can just say it and if if only that's all that it took but yeah like i always knew the process was simple it was if you can whether you call it a self-liquidating offer or you know a break-even funnel or whatever terminology you use, if you can consistently get new people to discover who you are, like what you do, and trust you as an expert, then you can conquer the world, right? But it's that first piece of the puzzle of, how do I get in front of the people that need what I have
1: in a way where I don't go bankrupt or lose yeah. all of my money? So you were running, you start building your list, create a lead magnet or a couple of lead magnets are testing them out. You said you continued to try to sell your program. How are you selling it? Was it just like, Hey, here's your, you know, to your email list, like, Hey, I have this course. How are you trying to sell it? Uh, I was using, well,
2: what, what Jeff Walker has made famous, the the product launch method where I would kind of like start with, you know, here's the potential of what's possible. Here is, you know, a quick win that you can get to show that, okay, you can do this too. Here's a process that I've created or a framework that I've created that you can follow. And then here have been the results from my life from following this process. And, you know, just over time got better and better at storytelling, incorporated more and more elements to it. At first it was spamming my friends and then it gradually got more sophisticated as it went on. (laughs) But for me, eventually I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm just not going to create anything until I start making money up front because I was investing like weeks and months of my time into creating these courses that nobody bought. Like I think I did, the, I did the math. I created like five or six courses and all together made less than
1: $500 from those five or six courses. So why did you decide to shift to a membership then if, cause this is a very common thing. Like people start off with a course they, people don't, aren't really buying it, or maybe a few people, and then they're like, oh, maybe I'll shift over to a membership. And I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) why are we we doing, something obviously broken with the process of selling your course. I don't mean your course specifically, but like something's breaking down there. Like we need to optimize some form of how we're selling that. But most people like, you know, and I just did an interview earlier today I'm batching today. Same exact thing. Same exact thing where the course wasn't going the way she wanted to. Oh, I'll create a membership, right? And I hear this time and time again. So what was your thinking with that around the course isn't really selling or five or six courses that you created? Oh, I'll I'll create a membership.
2: Rick, it was pure desperation was the reason I created a membership. So last year, I decided that the problem was not... What I was doing or how I was doing it, but that I simply just did not have the expertise or the wisdom to execute it correctly, right? That I, I could write out on a piece of paper everything I needed to do, but then when I went to go to execute, it just didn't work. And so... Why do you think that was? Um, well, it's, it's... For me, I think it came down to I had tried enough things enough times to think maybe I am the problem, hmm. right? Like maybe I just... Like there's something missing and I don't even know what that thing is, and because I'm ignorant to how to fix this, my best chance at being successful is to go and find a guru somewhere that can do it for me.
1: And I understand that
2: that's what you did. Yes. So I found him. So you a, went and, <laughs> yeah, go and, for it. And he was great. And, I mean, the, the person that I ended up stumbling onto, you know, it seemed like the perfect fit. What I was trying to doing really meshed well with his company's values. And they uh, specialized in launching experts online. So they'd say, you write us a check we will create everything. We will map out your webinar for you. We will create all of your your funnels and your lead magnets and we'll run your Facebook ads and we'll do your automated emails. And all you have to do is sit in front of a camera and just be awesome and we will do everything else. And so I said, okay, well, and it was a not insignificant investment, right? Mm -hmm. And they had had the track record. You know, I'd, I'd seen examples of people they had worked with where it really took off like, I think one of their students, they went from zero to a million dollars in like 26 days, something ridiculous. Wow. And okay. so, yeah. And so I was like, okay, so this 120000 $150,000 investment, if this works, will just be, you know, a footnote in the history of my online success. Yeah. But I also kind of knew, okay, at a certain point, if this doesn't work, I'm going to have to pull out before I completely wreck my entire financial future pursuing this. Uh, So I ended up, you know, saying, you know what, we're going to go for it. And so that's, that's what happened last year where we had created this, you know, webinar, we were getting really good leads or, you know, lead costs. I think we were getting $5 per webinar uh, registration, but it just wasn't converting. Like the offer wasn't converting. We tried a bunch of different things. At this point in time, I had spent about $100,000 with them and was burning through $10,000 a month. In ads and just retainer for working with them, and so it was like I'm spending like twice as much per month that I bring in from my job, and this webinar isn't working, right? And so I'd spend like you know a thousand dollars in ads and make five hundred dollars. So it was like better than I, anything I had done, but it was still not working, right? And so at one point, you know, I was like, okay, well, what if I offer something on the back end? Something that I could do very easily that I could pick up and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And so I was like, well, I will offer a membership. I will offer to teach Christians how to use social media effectively. And ended up, so that's what I pre-sold. I ended up having to cancel my contract with them because I hit essentially the amount of debt I was comfortable with. And it was like, okay, well, now I have this debt with all these minimum payments. So I need to find a way to add roughly $2,500 a month to my income in the next several months, or I'm going to be underwater, right? Yeah. And so, so that was the desperation of the membership was, well, if I can figure out maybe, maybe this recurring revenue model is going to be the thing that I can do that will be less stressful than doing live webinars. Cause I was having like anxiety and panic attacks around these webinars which makes it very difficult to like be authentic and just be happy to be there. What was that over? What was
1: causing that? Cause that's when we, when we get on before we started recording here, I said, you're really good on camera. So it's very interesting to, for me to hear you, like you had anxiety and panic attacks around webinars. What was that about? It wasn't
2: about, it was like, everything was weighing on me simultaneously, right? The, it wasn't just the webinar. It was, if this doesn't work, then dot, 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 right? And that was just, like, hovering over me every time I went to go and present, you know, my training. And to, And that's an impossible place from which to operate. Yeah, yeah. and so it was, like, totally. I was completely paralyzed, but also knowing, like, like with the trajectory I'm, I'm on and with the agency I'm working with, like, this is the way to do it. And so I just have to figure out how to you know, push through the <laughs> the throwing up before and after and, you know, <laughs> praying that I get people to sign up for my course at the end of this until we can get it to like, okay, I spend a dollar on ads and I make a dollar and one cent. Okay, automate it. I can't do this anymore. Um, <laughs> we never got to that point, but that, sure. like, that's what I was holding out for, that magic, you know, beam that was just going to make it profitable. But looking back, I think the other thing that I was missing was for the audience I was targeting, I was asking t- for too much of an investment up front was I think what, what I what I figured out was that, okay, $300 is a lot to spend on someone for spiritual guidance or spiritual help, especially if you don't know who they are. And so I think what I did was I misjudged my market because I looked around and I was like, nobody else is really doing what I'm trying to do. And I just thought I'd be a trailblazer but maybe it was that they had figured out something that I hadn't. And then, so I started seeing all these Christian-based membership sites where it was like $19 a month, $27 a month, $39 a month. And they seemed to be having a lot of success. And so that's that was, I think, part of the reason for why there was such a disconnect was it wasn't that courses don't work. It was that the level of training that I wanted to offer was outside of the price range of someone
1: who doesn't yet know me or what my area of expertise is or, or trust me. So it's interesting that you went, and I, I I, totally get the price point. It's interesting, though, that you went, for that reason, you went to a membership. And I'm not arguing, Like right? I am just, I just, this is, it's a mindset that's fascinating because, like I said, because so many people go this route and then they realize that, and I, and I want to hear your experience with a membership, memberships are a lot of work. Right. And I'm not saying courses are not, I'm not saying it at all. But a lot of people think that, you know, like you mentioned before, like, oh, I want to automate web- my webinar. I just want the money coming in, like hang out on a beach or whatever. And a lot of people think the same thing for memberships like, oh, I have reoccurring revenue coming in every month. Like, cool. I'm just going to hang out and it's automatically coming in. And so I'm just, I'm wondering if it was a match to the audience. Or was it, you know, I wasn't, um, was it, was it more of just like, I want to deliver the content in this kind of way, because if somebody's not ready for your course, because they don't know, they don't feel comfortable with you. They don't trust you yet. You know, I had somebody say today, they, they, it, they listened to my podcast for two years prior to purchasing anything from me. And like, that's kind of normal, right? They have to build up. So why didn't you think like, oh, well, just get them in my get them on my email list or get them listening to the podcast and I'll build a relationship that way? Does that make sense? It does. It totally makes sense. So I think for me, it was
2: like, I totally believe courses work and I still do offer courses uh, and I still sell courses. I've been much more successful selling courses since I launched my membership uh, than before, which is ironic. And so, but I think the other thing that really drew me to a membership, what is the the kind of work that it was, was more something I was familiar with. Because in that time between saying, I hate my job, I want to leave, to now, I was able to leverage my expertise launching several podcasts to go and work for a podcasting company as a content creator. And so content creation is something that just comes very natural to me. And so I was like, okay, if I can have less stress about the front end marketing student acquisition aspect of this. And if I can at least predict with some level of accuracy what I'm going to make on a monthly basis, even if I have to turn my Facebook ads off, I'm willing to do the work to make a video every week or to do a Facebook Live. Like that's something I feel really comfortable doing. So even if it's more work, it doesn't feel as burdensome, if that makes sense. Like it really aligns more with-
1: 100%. The things that I do naturally and enjoy doing. So my friends, everybody listening- what Travis just said here is really, really, really important. He said the reason, and I, and I wasn't, I was pressing him on this because I wasn't, wasn't like arguing for courses or memberships or whatever. I just wanted to get to the, to the bottom of why the decision was made. And I'm not surprised at all that things started to take off for you when you said, what you just said is like, it aligned more with how I do things and what, I mean, like what energizes me, what lights me up and what I enjoy doing. Like, it's no wonder that things have started to take off because of that. When you bring that kind of energy to it, you know, it like, and you said before, like you panic attacks and anxiety over, over webinars. Well, yeah, they're going to have a hard time converting when you bring that kind of energy to it. And so um, how do you sell the membership now? Do you open, close? Can people join at any time? How do you sell it? So I've tried a couple different ways. But what I've found
2: to work best for me is I offer a free trial up front and that free trial is just, that's my lead magnet. That's the only thing that I am promoting merely because if I tried to do more, I would just get very, uh, <laughs> uh, my attention would be diverted in all these other directions. Right. And so since I'm still working full time and I have a, a two-year-old, it's like, you know, time is precious. And so if I can only fully understand, (laughs) it's like, if I can, I know you've been simplifying your business recently too. Um, It's like, if I can only focus on one thing, what is the one thing that will actually drive the result I'm looking for? And so for me, it was, if I can get someone to sign up for a free trial where there's no obligation, if they email me at any point and say, this isn't for me, I cancel it. No problem. But that seemed to be, that seems to be working. So I will uh, promote a free trial. That's what I run Facebook ads for is to a sales page where people can learn about the program. They can learn about what they're going to learn. And then they can opt in for a seven-day free trial. Uh, and then when they sign up, I offer them, ironically, all of my other courses uh, at <laughs> discounts. So I've sold more courses offering free trials to people than I did actually selling the courses. And so, but that's that's what's been working for me is just promoting the free trial, and I'll get like a like a 95 percent conversion on that trial, where they'll stick around and they'll pay for at least a month. Wow, that's huge.
1: So. You didn't get any results per se from your ads for like three years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. What was the big? And I don't mean like what you learned to foundation, Like, but you you made it. You did make a comment though. Is it almost seemed too simple? Like, what was the big shift for you? Like, well, that that got your ads? Was it something as simple as your targeting? Like, how you're setting things up, or what? What was it that allowed you to start to get some traction with your ads? Well, so the first thing was the 72 hour rule, which I feel like. Every single time
2: I launch a new ad set or a new campaign, it's like, uh, I, I don't want to wait 72 hours. Like this doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem to be working. Turn it None off of now. None us do. Right. Yeah. I, f- I feel like if you sold coffee mugs that said 72 hour club on them, I would buy 10 of them. Um, if you've ever thought about a merch line and then on the back, it'll say, or what to have you. And that'll be the Rick Mulready mug. Um, <laughs> and so that 72 hour rule was really critical. And then also I had only dabbled in lookalike audiences. Because again, I had this super Excel spreadsheet with my triple layered 30 interest targeting, you know, masterpieces. So that was going through foundations kind of after that. That was the first time I really tried lookalike audiences. And so that was what really converted well. Um, So like right now, I'm only running lookalike audiences based on my current students, based on students that have bought things beyond the membership as well. So like higher ticket students. And then also retargeting people that are like the people that visited my landing page as well. So those are the three different lookalikes that I'm running. Gotcha. One yeah. to 5% and then testing different ads within that.
1: And it's all running towards that free trial? Correct. You said you convert 95, 99, whatever, like really, really high percentage. Right. So well, so the, the page that I send them to doesn't convert at 90%, but
2: the people that sign up that no, stay no, no, on. No. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I convert uh, anywhere between uh two and a half and four percent on that on that landing page. And so when I'm getting a dollar, dollar fifty a click, then it ends up being somewhere in the thirty to forty dollar range per student. And so with my upsells that I offer on the back end, my average cart is around seventeen dollars. So then when they convert on that first month at twenty four dollars,
1: I've broken even and everything beyond that is is profit. And another thing that Travis is, you can see he's rattling off these numbers. This is the key here. Everyone always wants to know how much should I spend on my ads? Well, what Travis is is measuring here from a data perspective allows him to answer that exact question. So I'm assuming that you know what your churn rate is on your, so what your lifetime customer value is on that. And then what you just said, like within a month I'm paying for them as a customer, everything else is profit after that. So those metrics those th- those data points are what allows Travis to answer that exact question is how much should quote unquote I spend on my ads this month or this this quarter or what have you now obviously it's a little bit different when you're just starting out and you don't have any data points you're just you're kind of you're testing things out but this right here is a perfect example of how to answer that question of how much to spend on on ads right when you know your you're when you know your numbers like this now you were making nothing, if I'm not mistaken, in early 2020. That's correct. So like I, had, eight, I had- Eight months ago.
2: Yeah. So back in January, I think I made, if I look at my, my, uh, my bank account, I think I made like 300 or $400 in January. And so, so that was before I was doing any promotion. That was just like some residual income from the agency I was working with. So yeah, so that's where I was at the beginning of the year. And where are you now? So now I'm at five or six- thousand recurring revenue every month and uh i'm i have a coaching group that i'm working with uh and they each paid between five and six hundred dollars to do that and from that group there are going to be several students that opt to work with me at a ten thousand dollar level and so went from like making three hundred dollars in a month to next month i'll probably bring in somewhere
1: close to twenty five or thirty thousand dollars that's so awesome i love it congratulations on that that's amazing what do you think? You mentioned there just just a minute ago about simplicity, and you're like, "This is my lead magnet. This is like I offer a free trial, and you know what? You, what the conversion rate does, but that's really key there because you've tried. It's we've been talking about it for a while. Like you've tried <laughs> a lot of different things. The counterintuitive thought process and mindset, and I'm I was guilty of this myself. Is like, oh. The more offers I have, the more money I'm going to make, which it can be true, but it's also, it overcomplicates things way too much, like double down on something that's working and this is what you're doing now. So what do you think has been the biggest reason for your quick growth this year? Because you've been at this how long now? Four years. Four years. And so four years in internet time is not a long time, but it feels like a long time because you're like, I just want this to work. But yet, four years now, but your progress has been made over the past seven months. Like, I mean, and I don't mean that. In it. You've been making progress the whole time and learning and stuff like that, but you're starting to see the real momentum from a revenue perspective. What do you think's been the biggest reason for that? So it's it's literally Facebook ads. Like that. that's the reason,
2: you know, because I have I have a podcast that, you know, I have anywhere between 800 and 1500 people listen to an episode. And I've, I've gotten sales from that, but it's like, there's only so many times you can offer the same thing to the same audience. And it's like, okay, well, I either got to make a new offer or find new people. Uh, And so Facebook ads have really been the game changer, being able to run them confidently. And, and also I think this is something I didn't mention when we were talking about like uh, what changed my Facebook ads was I was comfortable with losing money early on. So I think Mm. this kind of piggybacks really nicely with the the focus, con- you know, really focusing on one thing, was I was jumping between things so quickly that I never really gave them enough time to actually breathe and like see, okay, well, what if I just change these couple of things? Maybe this will, you know, turn things around. I was giving up on things so quickly and moving on to the next shiny object that it basically got to the point where it's like, this has to work. It was like the classic Napoleon burn the ships,
1: you know, <laughs> concept of like, What's an example of something that you gave up, that you were giving up on too quickly? Because again, super common, especially when we're feeling pressure of, I got to make this work. Oh, this isn't working after like, you know, a very short time. Let's blow it up when it's like, Ooh, wait, one little tweak could have been the difference there. So what's an example of things that you were moving on from quickly? Uh, Most of my courses. Uh, So this could also be a contributing
2: factor to why they weren't converting well is, is I would launch something once. I would get like crickets, so nobody purchasing it. And then I would like tweak it and like relaunch it two months later. And I get like three people to buy it. And it's like, this is a lot of work to get three sales, right? Three $50 sales or $100 sales or whatever. So it's like, okay, well, maybe this isn't the thing that's gonna take off. And so, so yeah, so a lot of my courses, a lot of my content ideas, you know, started and stopped very quickly. I was lucky that I stuck with my my second podcast idea to now I have I think over 300 episodes but at first it was like okay I tried a podcast that didn't work maybe I'll try a different podcast and that no, doesn't work then I'll move on to blogging I'll find the next content <laughs> marketing idea that everyone's talking about and maybe that'll be the thing so it was very haphazard there wasn't really like a method to systematically working through things which is ironic thinking I'm an engineer as, as, a, as an engineer <laughs> right yeah, that, that, yeah. that should be my <laughs> default but I tend to be like okay fail early fail quickly if it doesn't work move on because that's clearly not the vehicle right And so just being willing to like ride it for a while be like, okay, I'm getting some initial traction with, you know, I've pre-sold this membership, people bought into it. So now I've committed myself to making this content. Let me see if I can find more people like that. And then I remember when I first started that Facebook campaign after going through foundations, I was like, okay, I'm willing to lose $5,000. I don't have to learn what's broken. Because I think that was the other thing too, is I wasn't giving myself enough runway to just drive traffic through my offer to see what to change, right? So I think that also really helped was I was willing to not be profitable to learn how to make it profitable knowing that if I just held out and trusted the process
1: that it would eventually get there. And it's a it's, it's a mindset thing, right? And it, it's something that we were talking about before we hit record. It's that you know, people are like, "No, just teach me teach me ads or teach me how to do this." And it's like, "Okay, that can happen very quickly but if you don't have that kind of mindset that you just mentioned travis it's like it's not going to take you very far because what most people do is like oh yeah i started my ads and like seven days later oh they're not working ads don't work or i don't know what i'm doing well it's like this is a testing like you're always testing here like you got to be willing to put the time in and yeah invest in it you know on financially through your effort all that stuff in order to see things through to see if this is actually going to work and testing test new things it's exactly what you did and i love it when you do that too again it also takes the pressure off doesn't it like you know what all right i'm going to set aside this time and this money to test and find out what works i'm not saying oh it has to work in the next 7 days and again from an energetic standpoint that allows things to happen for you and it doesn't mean that i still don't get freaked out when I go in my Facebook ads yeah, manager course. and
2: see numbers they don't like. So like last yeah. week I started a new promotion, new campaign I was like, okay, I've had been having a lot of success with image ads. So I'm going to, I'm going to start doing video ads because that's something I love doing is doing video. So it's like, let me do some video ads. And I checked in 72 hours later and my average cost per click was $6. And I was like, there is no magic funnel in the world that will make $6 profitable. But, okay, I learned something from this, you know, $1,000, $1,200, whatever I spent. Don't do what I just did. And then, okay, well, <laughs> let me tweak some different things. Let me try, let me compare apples to apples. Make sure it's not the targeting. Let me put some winning ads in there to compare. At one point, I had accidentally set up competing ad sets. So I was even bidding against myself for those placements, which, you know, that that's, that's a great way to <laughs> run up your ad costs. And then kind of settle back into that that zone that I'm familiar with, which is like that one dollar dollar twenty cost per click. And so, but if it like if I saw that six dollar cost per click and then freaked out and said, okay, this isn't going to work, nothing's going to work anymore, go to the worst case scenario, then you know I wouldn't have been able to
1: kind of make those fine tuned adjustments to get it back on track. Now I'm going to kind of lead you with this. Thank you for explaining that. I'm going to kind of lead you with this question a little bit, but I think this is an important distinction that a lot of people are likely wondering right now and if you're not wondering you you should be wondering as you listen as a listener of the show. So you you keep saying cost per click. Why are you doing traffic as your objective for wanting people to sign up for your free trial? So let me explain a little bit better. I'm using conversion
2: campaigns and I'm measuring cost per sign up, cost per purchase. And that's the number that I track first, like how much does it actually cost me to get a student? Okay. And then gotcha. and then, like you teach in foundations, I went back when I was like, it's costing me $120 to get a student. Why is that when before it was $25 or $30? And that's when I saw the cost per click number and I was like, oh my goodness, this ad is not working. And Facebook is telling me very clearly, stop giving us money to run <laughs> this ad. Um, right. So I I run conversion campaigns, I track for conversions, but then I look at the ad relevancy grading and the cost per click to see what things could be broken
1: that could be leading to that higher acquisition cost. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So here's something to think about. How many conversions are you getting every seven days, roughly? Per ad set. Per ad set? Yeah. Um so in total I'm getting
2: between twenty five and forty new students a week. And so per ad set that would probably break down to between four to between
1: four and eight okay. Per week. So Here's what I want you to test. Okay, so a little coaching here. I'm ready. So the algorithm, when you have a conversions campaign, so you're optimizing, or your excuse me, your objective is conversions. So you're telling Facebook, hey, I want people to click on my ad, go to my landing page, and actually convert. And so your objective is conversions, you're optimizing for conversions. So when you do that, the algorithm wants to see roughly in the ballpark of 50 conversions per week per ad set. And so when you're not... My guess is that you're probably not getting out of the learning phase. Is that fairly accurate? Sure. Or it's learning yeah. a lot? Yeah. Well, so when, when you're getting four to six or whatever conversions per week per ad set, the algorithm isn't, isn't learning enough. So it's, real, it's not able to optimize how you fully want it to, to, to work, actually. So what I might test is doing traffic as your objective and optimize for landing page views. Now you can still track conversions. You can mm-hmm. still track it, but you're optimizing for landing page views and just to kind of see what happens. And just, again, I'm not saying this is the answer, but I would test this to see, to compare the cost per click and your cost per conversion and stuff like that. Cause you can still track those things, but you're just optimizing for something a little bit different because of the fact that you're not giving the, the algorithm quite enough data to really work. So something else to test. Yeah. I'll give them a shot testing. So I would, I would test that out. Anything else that we didn't cover here today? It's been a great discussion. I think a lot of people can really relate to the journey that you've taken in the business and, what you've gone through and you've done an amazing job to get you to where you are today. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you think is really important to make sure we touch on? Uh,
2: Yeah, I think I would have quit a lot earlier if I didn't have a strong sense of why I was doing it. Because four years is a long time to have little to nothing to show for it except a yep. lot of debt, right? Yep. And so for me, the thing I always kept coming back to was that my reason for wanting to to build what I was building, it extended just beyond I want to be able to work from home and take four-week vacations, right? Sure, sure. But it was about, like, there are people that need what I have, and every time I help them and they share that with me, it just energizes me even more that, okay, I need to, how do I figure out to find more people to help and to teach what I have? And that is what has allowed me to continue to kind of persevere through all of these missteps, that if it was just a financial thing of, let me just try and make some money online, I would have given up you know, six months into it. But it was connecting it to something that was more deeply rooted into my identity and what I want to be remembered for and how I want to look back on my life that has allowed me to push through when things get tough and to, to know that, okay, even if this takes longer than I want it to, the end result is going to be worth it. And so push through, like, don't give up, believe in the dream, believe in who you are and let that be the place that drives you forward instead of, you know, I've tried 15 things, none of them worked. So I am a failure, Uh, but just really staying like really laser focused on this is about the people I'm trying to help and I owe it to them to figure it
1: out so I can help them into the future. I love that. Really, really well said. And your daughter, son? Daughter, yeah. Your two-year-old daughter, that's an amazing example that you're setting for her. She gets to see that, you know? And she gets to see what's possible. And she gets to see, you know, a a whole different world, if you will, of daddy's having an impact. And being able to create this from... He's creating this. And, like, what an amazing model for, for her. So... Thank you for sharing your story, man. Congratulations on your success. Uh, I'm really excited to check back in with you and have you back on the show down the road and see where you are down the road. I love it. Where can people connect with you? What's the best place? You got podcasts, you got your site, you got your email list. What are some places for them to connect with you?
2: Yeah, I mean, probably the best place is just go check out my podcast. It's called The Practical Christian Podcast. Uh, I put out episodes every single week where I just offer practical tips and strategies to be more effective as a Christian. And if you go and listen to the podcast, you'll hear me talk about Digital Missionary Academy and you know different free things that I offer for my email list and that kind of stuff. So that if I could just send you one place, it would
1: be to go and check out my podcast. Awesome and perfect example of how people can learn more more about you and what you teach and gain that uh, trust factor, all that stuff that we were talking about earlier. So, guys, check out his podcast. This is something that. Um, you want to connect more with Travis about uh, as you can see here. He's have he has an amazing story, and again, I think so many of you can relate to his journey, struggles, and where he's at now in his business. He's done an amazing job, and so uh, thank you again, Travis, for coming on. Super appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me, Rick. It's been a blast. Hey, don't forget if you're an online course creator, maybe you've got a membership program, maybe you're an online coach, and you are stuck in your business. Well. I've created a community for you of other like-minded online course creators just like you who are looking to get unstuck, who are looking to optimize your business to six and seven figures. I've created a brand new Facebook group called the Optimized CEO Community. Brand new Facebook group, totally free. And I wanna invite you to join us there in the Optimized CEO Facebook group. Go to rickmulready.com forward slash group rickmulready.com forward slash group. I'll link it up in the show notes for the episode here today and can't wait to see you inside the group. As always, my friend, thank you so much for tuning in today. Super appreciate you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you do not miss any of my Wednesday episodes like this one or my Friday quick tip episodes. Got a ton of awesome content coming your way. So again, thank you again. I'll see you right back here for the next episode of the Art of Online Business Podcast.